Uh, unlocking unlimited potential means to me finding the best in yourself so you can actually help inspire that in others. Unlocking unlimited potential means the work is not about you. It's about seeing the greatness in others and using your own story and your vulnerability to unleash the potential that others have. It means going for it. It means taking fear, doubt, and worry, those gremlins that are whispering in your ear, invite them in, make them some coffee, tell them to have a seat, and tell them that you're gonna they're gonna watch you get after it. Fear, doubt, and worry has to be managed. Looking in the mirror and seeing yourself differently. It's hard enough to get a student to see who they are, but now try to get them to see who they can become. And that will make all the difference in the world. Be unapologetically you. That everyone has a story and everyone has something to bring to the table. That I understand that I am enough. Empowering yourself to own your story. We limit ourselves to what we think is gonna happen and we don't open the doors to the possibility of what's next. It's knowing who you are now and then doing anything necessary into becoming who you want to be. Unlimited potential, man, is getting to that diamond. It is down, deep down in everybody that I walk past every day Everyone that I look at, no matter whatever the disability, no matter whatever the, the level of disappointment, depression, whatever unfortunate situation, man, there's a diamond deep down inside and everybody has a calling on their life. That gets me so fired up every single time that it makes me play this music. Oh, man. Shout out to John Mosley. I always give that guy a shout out at the beginning of the show, but he just he just crushes it in that last line. Everybody has a calling on their life. I love it. Man, we were just chatting, and now I know I'm going to be getting into a little bit more of this awesome stuff here as I talk to my man here, Nick Edwards, all the way, the teacher to principal to, print, uh, to craziness, of a journey and, and just a wild journey through education that's really been super inspiring in, in New Jersey. Nick, how you doing, man? I'm doing awesome. That is a nice pop-up video, man. You got a lot of juice in there, a lot of energy. I love it. Ah, I need that. I need that to get me going, to get fired up about talking about things that I'm passionate about. So, and I'm Amen. excited to talk about things that you're passionate about as well. I'm ready. I'm excited. Honored. I'm excited. So listen. Time. Yeah, no, absolutely. So tell the audience a little bit. You're in New Jersey. Tell us a little bit about your journey into education. Sure. So New Jersey, grew up uh, Bergen County, New Jersey. I started uh, teaching in 2005 at a Catholic school, kindergarten in Newark, New Jersey, and then went on to be a teacher in Kearney, New Jersey for about 11 years. And I started putting applications out when I finished my master's, I was coaching at the time. I was a head football coach and going to college at night for classes. And once I all finished all that, I started applying for assistant principal positions. And I felt like Tom Brady. No one wanted to sniff at me. No one wanted to part. And I love that part of just trying to continue to find my place that I needed to be and continue to work hard and learn from others and ask questions about resumes, interviews and so forth. 
And I finally wound up in Boundbrook, New Jersey in 2018 as the assistant principal at Smalley School. Went on a trip to Ireland with my wife and parents and came back and walked into the principal's office at the time and everything was off the walls. And I asked her, what is going on? And she said she took another job in a, in a district in her hometown and met with the superintendent that afternoon. It was a Friday. And he asked me what I thought. And I said, you know, basically, I'm ready to be the leader. However, I'm going to make plenty of mistakes, not knowing how to be a principal, not knowing the paperwork, the ins and outs, coming to a new district, a new community, and not knowing basically anybody and how the district is run. And now I had to be the principal. But, but, but he said, uh, I'll have an answer for you for Monday. And Monday morning came, I walked into his office and at the time, uh, the new assistant principal was sitting there and he said, you're the new principal, go back to your office, get to work. So talk about uh, stress, talk about excitement, talk about uh, appreciation to someone believe in me. And it was a wonderful and tough experience at the same time. It's incredible. It's a lot. I got a lot of arrows. Oh, yeah. Listen, there should be a lot of arrows. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's there's a lot going on. It's really uh, you know, I love all of that inside it, but once again, another person on this show with an experience in coaching um and and a connection to coaching. Let's dive into that a little bit. Talk a little bit about being your football coaching. You said 10 years as a football coach, high school football coach. Talk a little bit about yeah, that. Yes, so I I went to St. Peter's Prep in Jersey City, one of the best football programs in the country. Then I played baseball there as well. And then I got a full scholarship baseball to St. Peter's College at the time, now university. Played baseball there. And when I came out, I wanted to get into coaching. So when I got a teaching job in Kearney, I didn't think I was going to be a football coach right away because my background, I was really better in baseball and had more knowledge of the game. But one of the, uh, the head coach at the time coached my brother back in the day at another school. So he already knew who I was. So he brought me onto the coaching staff and I was there for about six years as the assistant coach. I then left, went to another district for about two years uh, to coach football uh, as, as a higher uh, coordinator position. And then there was an opening back in Kearney as the head coach and I put in and I got it and I was there. So uh, wild experience, you know, playing in a soccer town, basically it's soccer town, USA in Kearney, New Jersey with some amazing soccer players. And it's very difficult to be successful football, but it's not about the coaching aspects and the X's and O's all the time. It's about molding young adolescents to become men and teach them the right things of life, you know, study hall in the morning, being on time, building character, uh, being someone who you want to be. And those are the things that I look for. I still talk to some of my players. They're all men now. They're married. And keeping in those relationships, that's what it's all about, building those relationships and making an impact on a student. Yes. And I find it always so interesting. I know so many people that were athletes that went into education and went into coaching and then went further beyond coaching after teaching and into administration and leadership. And, you know, there's, there's so many similarities and commonalities amongst, you know, the opportunities for just leading an organization, leading a group as a player, 
myself as well and and just being in those opportunities there's so many teachable moments inside of those experiences and you talk about in this all of these opportunities that you have finally found yourself going through i call them opportunities because they were new experiences that led to opportunities for you and here you are now and with all these great opportunities in front of you it's really amazing to see just kind of the struggles to along the way you talk about that no quit and and how do you kind of how do you share that in your story how do you share that with your audience and with your students and with yeah yeah how do you you know number one you know growing up really not doing well in education you know i struggled in comprehension Uh, i struggled in school i didn't take it serious as I should have, I thought I was gonna be a professional professional baseball player. You know, who who doesn't think that when you're pretty good at it? Um, and then reality sits in, sinks in, and you think about what you can do to improve. So, you know, I have a great group of friends. We talk every single day, and these guys are really, really smart men. Learn from them, and learn from other people that I needed to make an impact in some sort of way but not just in sports, but it had to be in education. And I continue to struggle. Uh, I'll tell you, I was going to, if I didn't tear my ACL my freshman year in baseball, I would have failed for the year and I wouldn't have been eligible because you're, you're, you're away at college. Uh, you're away from your parents when there's guidance, there's structure, there's discipline, and you're off on your own for a little bit and you think you can do whatever you can do. And you realize, oh, I'm making some mistakes. So, I was fortunate to tear my ACL, MCL, and have the surgery and go through the grinding part of it and realize that, you know, you got to get your act together. You're on a scholarship. And that was start of the failing as, you know, younger, you, you struggle in school, uh, you get an injury, you self-doubt yourself. Can I come back? And it really didn't sink in that I wanted to be an administrator and believe in myself uh, when I became uh, right before I took the, the administration exam, you know, I failed and struggled taking, t- taking the teacher's exam. I couldn't pass that. I was a terrible test taker. So all of these self-doubts, all of these struggles, all of these not believing, I didn't believe I was smart. I didn't believe I could speak to people. Um, I just didn't feel confident. And now as my fifth year as a principal and trying to make videos and inspire others and make a connection with my students that it's okay to fail. You're going to fail. If you don't fail, then it's, then there's no appreciation to where you're going to go. So that's the connection. It's okay to fail, but you got to do something to persevere and get through it. And mine was just trying to connect with others and having people believe in me, family, friends, and just educate myself and learn from others and here I'm trying to just make an impact in as much as many people as possible. Yes. Oh, you test designers out there. I hope you were listening. I am. Uh, yeah. I affiliate. I am. Uh, I can definitely understand that. I also too failed the teaching exam twice. I twice. failed it twice. Not, I think I was Not like one. three, three or four, something two. like that. So I would like to say that I think i deserve a an award or at least a nice note from a listener saying congratulations that we did it maybe we can get one of those 
Um, because yes, I did fail that. And I also failed the national board test to get my national board certification the first time. And I want to tell you how I failed the national board certification test, because I think it's important that we, we share this right now. They've Mm -hmm. since changed the test. However, you are in a room and you get a several scenarios and each scenario is 30 minutes. You're given a question. You have to design a lesson that has clearly outlined objectives. And then you have to just basically connect it to that inquiry-based learning experience for your students. You cannot use the internet. You cannot use anything. You just have to have this in your head. And oh yeah, you don't know what grade it's going to be because they're going to tell you that next. So here comes mine. I'm not sure if it is language arts or whatever. Uh, Actually, no, I remember now. It was science. So Mm. The question was, a kid in your class notices that after it rains, that it's not always going to have a rainbow. (laughs) Design an activity that is the lesson plan. National Board of Professional Teaching Standards, are you listening to me right now? I failed the National Board certification test the first time because I didn't have the answer in front of me. At what point as a teacher, do you ever have your hands tied behind your back where you can't use the internet or the student in front of you to help Mm -hmm. you out? I'm sorry, but I did eventually go back. I retook it, National Board of Professional Teaching Standards. I retook it, I waited the one year, I paid the the hundreds of dollars Mm -hmm. and I did it again. And now I have that, those four letters after my name and I'm proud. However, I want you to know that it is because I did not know why (laughs) exactly or how to design an activity related to Mm -hmm. the reason why rainbows don't always happen after it rains. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. No, you cannot make it up. No. Can't make this up. That's not okay. No, and that's okay. and that's the thing with Tess. It's just not okay all the time. With you cannot find the caliber of the child just by taking a test. And a lot of kids that I deal with, their home lives are beyond what some of us could never even com- compare to. So you have to find that empathy and appreciation of what they're even they're coming to school. That you know they're they're trying their best. They were changing diapers six hours ago before they woke up. You know it's. It's very frustrating. That's why I, I don't find I think tests are good, but you know we got to look into are we complying and, and reaching the standards that the children can learn and move forward with. Oh yes, that is a whole nother several series podcast, and I'm oh, hoping yeah. that someday you will put all that out for us. There's some other great people out there that are also doing some great work in that field, and you know as we start to you know think back to how you've gotten to this journey, how you've gotten to this point and how you found yourself going through so many different levels of your career. Talk about a little bit the, the shift that happened from going from teacher to principal and then pretty much just running a school kind of very quickly and suddenly. Yeah. It was, it was really crazy too. The first year, I think it was this first day of school my grandmother passed away. So first day of school, grandmother passed away, new district. You're worried about the safety of the students, being outside, making sure they get in. 
and I had to uh, miss the second day uh, for the funeral and so forth. So it didn't start off in the right direction. And the struggles that I had were I thought that I had to have all the answers for the staff. And I, I wrote a blog um, for Teachers on Fire a couple of years ago about the five keys to success of moving from teacher to principal. And I thought I had, oh, had to have all the answers. And, you know, the five things that I, that I put out there was that you have to be visible. It was something that I, I feel very important is that you have to be visible in hallways for your students. You need to check in with your staff. Um, uh, you have to take ownership. I had many times where I made mistakes and I just said, you know what, that's on me. Uh, I'll look at it in another, another way. But if you show that you made mistakes and apologize, you start getting the respect more and people start appreciation, appreciating you the way you should be. I talked about building relationships. That's the biggest key in being a principal, I believe, is building relationship with your staff, your custodial team, your lunch team, uh, your parents, uh, as whatever you can to build a, a tight community and communicating and taking notes and learning from others. Uh, it's just all I do is every day, if I find something on Twitter, it's just like coaching. You know, you steal this, you steal that. So find something that's useful that you could use. Uh, I got to give a shout out to uh, my friend, uh, Mr. Conroy. He, uh, you know, I went to an aspiring principal or aspiring leaders workshop in the summer. And I was already a principal. I'm not an aspiring one. So why not even go? But you could learn still from other people. And I took something away from him. You know, when he speaks to parents on the phone or anyone, he has a nice little notebook and he documents everything. So just in case you're covered, you know, we had this conversation so far. So I started using it this year. I think it's a great idea. I never thought about it. Um, but again, if you take away from someone that has years of experience and now I'm using it uh, and I probably just gave it to someone out there, you know, so uh, I think just learning and, you know, right after that was the pandemic. I went second year was right to COVID uh, again. Everyone thought it was going to be two weeks, but here was forever. And now you're a principal leading from home. And that was very difficult because you can't, you know, really see what's going on with your teachers. Can't really see your students. So you got to make videos. You got to do check-ins and you got to find ways to connect with your teachers and students. Then year three, you know, that hybrid model. Now you have half the kids in the classroom. Half the kids are home. Teachers are trying to do the best they can with the cameras and the technology, who's at home, who's not logging on, who's getting the, the work. So that was a struggle. And, you know, the fourth year I, I felt was the hardest of everyone is now back in the building, but you have so many obstacles of social and emotional learning. Kids can't communicate one another. Uh, the writing, oh, we still got a test though. Um, it, it was just insane of trying to see or, or seeing how many HIV cases were coming just from social media. Then you have students that just uh, don't want to take a test or don't want to come to school or, oh, I showed up late. It's, it's okay because we've been doing this for the past couple of years. Um, so it's been 
this is I'm trying to, to push forward that we're back to normal a little bit and uh, it's going to get better. But again, curveball year after year, not having the experience, teacher to principal, COVID. So I kind of been through it all. Um, but I appreciate, you know, I'll, I'll use this later on, but I appreciate the grind and appreciate the uh, struggles that I did get that I could learn. And now when those times come up in a building, I can react in a calm demeanor because I've been through it. I don't know if you were taking notes out there, but if you were driving, you should have probably pulled over because there was a lot of good stuff in there from mistakes to taking ownership to communicating with others, always being able to learn from others and appreciating the process. I like all that, all of that. I am feeling that. And, you know, just another educator who has coaching experience, another educator who has struggled in school. Um, it always makes me wonder now as I sit there and as I'm teaching and I'm trying to do my absolute best for every single kid. And I'm just like, wait a minute, if, are any of these kids going to have a bad experience? How am I, how are they going to one up me? They got to one up me. So it's always just, you know, I'm, I'm always trying, not that I'm the best teacher out there. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I'm always trying to achieve that. And I certainly know that I don't always achieve that with every single kid and every single day. But I just hope that I'm not the reason ever that a teach that a kid will, you know, be like, I'm going to become a teacher because I got to be better than him because he was such a bad teacher, that <laughs> that Dr. Beck. I'm no, hoping that doesn't happen. No but shot, no shot. it makes you wonder because we all have those those stories. We all have those those bad teacher stories. We, everybody has them. And it's interesting to see because those are really part of the trail in which we follow. And I think that that's really an amazing perspective that I've kind of came to a lot on this show and when I'm speaking to people and, and making the connections. And it's always interesting to me how I connect with people on the show as well, because it's, it's just, I always, as I follow people, you're a good follow for people out there. You definitely got to check him out. You got the, the, the YouTube videos, the, the reflections, you're, you're putting out content regularly just to kind of continue to, to do what we're all trying to do is keep going out there, but talk a little bit about your journey into that space for yourself. Yeah. So that was the next thing, you know, my vision, I know I got a long road ahead, but just learning from others, you know, I'd love to speak one day, you know, it was something that I never uh, believed in myself. I really felt that I didn't want to uh, get out there and speak. And if it was a project, if it was in front of uh, peers, uh, even friends, sometimes you get embarrassed. You don't know if you're going to say the right things. And, you know, again, college masters, uh, that's when it really started kicking in that you see others and you can learn from others. And the more you speak, it gets a lot easier. Um, it's funny. I'd rather, do, I'd rather speak to like 300 people instead of making my one-on-one -on -one videos because you're always making mistakes. Stop, delete, stop, delete, stop, delete. But you find a, a sense of excitement. That, you know, that's like my adrenaline that now is like being able to speak and help others. That's like my three, two count bottom of the ninth excitement where if I could just put something out there, my, my self reflect Saturdays, 
who knows, maybe someone could take it, you, you know, but that's the goal for me is that I've had enough uh, struggles in life and I continue to struggle, but it's okay to have those conversations. We're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. And if I can give someone uh, a little hint that I had or a quick tip that I had and pass it along, that's what it's all about. It's about helping others get to become great as well. And, you know, I just want to continue that self-reflect Saturday because something that I want that that's my brand. You know, I want to have my own brand and self-reflect Saturdays. I want people to tune in quick video, short, sweet, but it, it's getting, it's getting to the point. So uh, that's the goal future continue to, to network and learn from others, but also be able to one day, you know, like you and others, go to schools, go to webinars, go to make webinars, go to workshops and be able to speak and um, help and, you know, do as much as you can for people. That's my job to be a servant for others. Absolutely. And that is the greatest job, my friend. That mm -hmm. is, it's a beautiful thing. And um, I appreciate that. So, you know, as you're starting to ignite the flame and keep it going and, one thing we do on this show is we always talk about we always talk about people who are out there unlocking unlimited potential and all whom they serve. And we dedicate each episode to one of them. So you have a special dedication here. So go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to dedicate this to my wife. I think she's the best educator I know. Uh, she was a teacher, kindergarten teacher, third grade teacher, special ed, and has helped so many children. Uh, but lost her job during COVID and now is the best teacher to my daughters. So having the room set up for centers, teaching them Orton Gillingham, reading to them every single night. And I just think she makes the best impact. And then having those conversations with her, hey, what do you think about this running a building? So getting her feedback and she feels confident, like maybe I should be a principal one day, but then, you know, we got, I got to slow the roll a little bit, you know, you're the, you're the best wife and, and uh, teacher in the house. So I got to give her a shout out and appreciate it. And I love the music. It's going to help me out a little bit more too. Appreciate the shout out. Appreciate Shout out to StreamYard first of all, cause I'm playing with your, your sound stuff. I'm having a little fun here, but yes, Suzanne, shout out to you. I'm so sorry. But it sounds like you have found an awesome way to use your teaching skills. And that couldn't be there's there's no better student, I guess, mm -hmm. than you should really be spending all that time with. That's amazing. Um, yeah. Even though I learned during the pandemic that I may not be the best teacher for my children anymore. But mm -hmm. hey, we can all, you know, some people are better at it than I am, I guess. Exactly. But, I'm better in the classroom. I'll say that. I, I need I need 25 in front of me, not two of my own. That'll. <laughs> That's what I tell her. I need me 500 up. plus, and yeah. uh, it's a lot easier because when your <laughs> three year old talks back to you, it's uh, tough sometimes. It is. It is. It is. It is. It is. Oh, the life of a teacher. So, and an educator. So, one thing I also do as we get here to the end is I ask people on my show to finish this sentence: sentence unlocking unlimited potential means unlocking unlimited potential means and i said it earlier to appreciate the grind you have to appreciate the struggle in life to get to where you want to be network read continue to learn speak and have conversations with people build relationships with people and make an impact and leave your mark that's what i feel it is leave your mark 
I love it. I love everything about it. I love everything about everything that you said related to all that we are doing and how we are really all out there. And we're just going to continue to fail. We're going to continue to make mistakes. Get ready, people, because they're coming. They're coming for you. So it's okay to fail. And I appreciate that. And to all my listeners out there, if you have not done so already, please sign up for the Something For You newsletter. It comes out on the 1st and 15th of every month, and it is completely free. So check it out. Helpful tips and resources to help and guide you in your journey of unlocking unlimited potential in yourself and in others. Nick, you have been super inspiring. I appreciate all the connections and I appreciate connecting with you. I hope that all of you out there can get a hold of you. What's the best way for people to follow? Uh, you can follow me at Twitter at principal underscore N-E. And I'm Absolutely. also on LinkedIn, uh, Principal Nick Edwards, M-E-D. But Twitter is the way to go. Twitter is the way to go. And you know what? We will be having all that stuff in there in the show notes for you. And so for all my listeners out there, I want you to remember that the journey towards unlocking unlimited potential, it begins with you. I hope that you have an amazing day and continue to educate with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories podcast. My name is Dr. Brandon Beck, and I am so excited for you to be here to join us today. The goal of this show is to amplify the stories of amazing people, which serve as inspiration for your journey. Your story matters. It tells us who you are and who you want to be. Enjoy this opportunity to hear from these innovative thought leaders as they discuss what it means to unlock unlimited potential. If you are looking for an opportunity to connect further with me after this show, please visit brandonbeckedu.com to learn more about my speaking, coaching, consulting, and other offerings that are designed to help you and your organization find greater results in your journey.